Heads up, team. The beginning of this episode addresses a bunch of recent losses in the metastatic breast cancer community, but we talk about it briefly. If you feel like you need to fast forward through that, go ahead. We do lighten it up later. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. We try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. Am I right? Jesus Christ. Oh, hi, Steph. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast, listeners. Hi. And uh, just right off the bat, mm-hmm. what a couple few weeks we've had. Tell me. Um, Anybody who follows us on the socials mm-hmm. or is in our group already knows about this, but the metastatic breast cancer community has had an absolute shit storm of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We lost five people that I personally know. Um, God. And it kind of honestly sent me into a tailspin of, mm-hmm. you know, just depression and stuff. And I know that I'm not alone in that. I yeah have talked to a couple of other people who very obviously kind of receded from life and social media. Um, but I just wanted to say, first of all, one of our very first letter writers, Grace Lewis, yeah. who was a dear friend she died and uh that was a really hard one for me she was yeah she was part of my cancer life in a few different places she and I both were part of the wildfire community mm-hmm. and um she was such an amazing cheerleader for us and our podcast she was always so thoughtful in her responses to our episodes and mm-hmm. Just a really great friend. So that one fucking sucked. Um, Pam George. Yeah. Who lots and lots of our listeners loved and followed. She Mm -hmm. taught herself how to do these really, really amazing makeup looks while she was going through treatment. And they're amazing. Never stopped. Yeah. And then another listener and friend, Teresa Henson. We lost her on November 30th. She had an amazing sense of humor. She was just absolutely wildly irreverent. And um, that was an unexpected loss also. Yeah. Um, And then we had another loss of a gal named Julie, who, you know, was a big part of the metastatic breast cancer community for a lot of years. And they just honestly kind of kept rolling. They just kept racking up. And it was it was a very strange, sad time within such a small window. Yeah. Just absolutely madness. Yeah. So if you were struggling, you know, listeners, friends, so was I. Yeah. There's really no other way to say it. It sucks. It's hard. It's hard to see yourself reflected. Mm-hmm. In these people, 
that are dying. Um, so be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard not to do the time calendar. You know, I know with, with Pam, she was diagnosed just God, maybe eight days after I was. And, you know, it was just so fast. She's like 23 years old, just two years to the almost the month, you know? Yeah. Just so unfair. Yeah. And there's no positive spin on it. It's not, you know, there's like nothing to say. That there's can, nothing that can make it better. No. Um, nothing. And so if you're feeling that way, that nothing can make it better, that's because that's the truth. It mm -hmm. just sucks to be in this community and have to deal with these losses. And, you know, um, so we're here for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Seriously. Okay. So as we pick ourselves up from the puddle on the floor, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I know, right? Like, what do you say? What do you do? I know. But this is a cancer podcast. We're cancer people and people are going to die. Unfortunately, apparently all at once. One thing that was really interesting to me was that in one of my groups, one of the like, quote unquote, old timers, a mm -hmm. gal who's been metastatic for like 12 years. Mm -hmm. She said, strangely, and she was like, I'm not like a woo person. I don't think there's anything like supernatural about this, but. She was like, it kind of seems like every late fall, early winter, we have this same situation happening that wow. there's like some kind of natural season of death. And I don't know if it's because of holidays or um, mm -hmm. some circadian rhythm thing. Right. But she was like, steal yourselves when the holidays are approaching, because sometimes this happens and a lot of people die at once. That is so weird. Right? Yeah. I believe it. I believe it, too. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, the leaves are falling. Things are dying. Mm -hmm. Sure. Whatever. I guess. <laughs> Whatever. I guess. <laughs> now is as good a time as any. <laughs> Fucking life, man. Life, man. I'm glad that you're still here, listeners. And I'm just <laughs> kidding when I say that, because once you hear the letters I have for today, you'll understand why that's a little bit funny. Um, but before we get into letters, I had something funny happen that I wanted to tell you about um, recently. Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit woo woo. So you recently did a wonderful episode of the Wildfire Breast Cancer podcast and you read your essay that you had written for their magazine which is so good and you can we'll link that in the show notes again because if you haven't heard it it's really great thank you um but in your essay you talk about how you sort of see your friend who died from cancer before you were diagnosed who you were very close with you kind of think of her as your Jiminy Cricket mm -hmm. who's kind of your guide yeah right through this so I Definitely would not compare this situation, but there was a person who had gone through breast cancer. Uh, she's now completely done with treatment. She's a quote unquote survivor, NED, whatever, you know, uh -huh. moved on with her life. Um, but I would think about her a lot through my treatment and stuff because we I didn't actually reach out to her because I was afraid, <laughs> afraid she was going to tell me something that was going to make me. I don't know. Yeah. I was a scared little duck, but 
So I just would think about her, though, and about how I, you know, was so glued to her social media posts while she was going through chemo and how just absolutely glad I was when she was done with it and replaying all the things I said to her and how they feel now as I was that person, you know, like I remember running into her and this relates to what I'm about to tell you. I, I ran into her downtown maybe like six months after she was quote unquote done. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, you're done. And you're, you're, you're completely healthy. Right. And like, it's just, <laughs> it's over your gut. She's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just like going to get my expanders out and get uh, one more surgery, but totally. Yeah. And I'm like, so cancer free, just done, done. You know, like <laughs> there was just like a hammer and my hand was just like nailing down just everything that I just a picturing this poor woman being like oh just smile and say uh-huh uh-huh thanks you know so I've I've like thought about like oh god I can't wait to tell her now how sorry I am for that if she even remembers but um yeah anyway in that same conversation she was telling me about how she found her cancer and I've, I've also thought about it so many times because it's And I've wanted to talk about it on this podcast because it's amazing. She said she was hanging out with one of her good friends who just looked at her and said, Pollyanne, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I need you to go to your doctor and get a mammogram. I just feel like something is off. I don't know why. Just trust me. I just feel like you need to do this. Whoa. And she said, holy crap. I was like, I'll do it, you know, like, I'll do it. And so she did it and she had breast cancer. Oh, my God. So she credits this very good friend with saving her life. Maybe her friend is like one of those uh, dogs that can (laughs) smell it. Her friend was a talking dog. Yes, it was Trixie the Labradoodle. Um. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is amazing. It, I know. And I've thought about it so many times where I'm like, can you believe it? And so anyway, so Pollyanne is moving to Spokane in the story. She's having a yard sale. The woman has good taste. She's cool. I'm like, I'm definitely going to that yard sale. And I haven't seen her through my whole <laughs> cancer journey yeah so i show up to her yard sale and then we're catching up it's great and she's just like and you have this podcast and i'm like i do and i was kind of curious like has she ever listened or not she hadn't said anything um and she was like i really meant to listen i I just haven't done it yet and i was just like no 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 don't worry blah 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 you know yeah and uh and then i started asking her kind of about her diagnosis because i was like what kind of breast cancer do you have and she's just like oh like I don't even know, like, I, like what, you know, like she just like was so far removed from her cancer. Uh-huh. Like, and she told me that she's just like, you know, I just, I don't even really think about it. You know, it happened like, I mean, God, six years ago, something like that, five years ago. And she's just like, ah, you know, it's just like, I don't know. She kind of just, I could tell from talking to so many fucked up people all the time (laughs) that have cancer or have had cancer yeah she was not one of them she's just like yeah isn't that crazy you know (laughs) like yeah um 
And she, and then she's like, yeah, I do want to listen to your podcast. I was like, actually, why don't you not? Because like, you seem like you're like, seriously, I was like, you are yeah. in such a good place with this shit. I don't want to like, yeah, seriously. get your brain be like, actually, maybe I should be, more. you know, like, don't, right. don't just fucking go live. That's awesome. Yeah, keep you know? living your life. Yeah. Um, And then, and I was like, you know, I think about all the time how you told me that that woman, like your friend told you to fucking she knew you had it and she told you and she was like i know and then she's like she's right there and points to the woman <gasps> i summoned her by oh saying God. her name and then a labradoodle runs up to no i'm just kidding um <laughs> she so this woman walks over and um Valian's like yeah amy was just talking about you and i was like yeah like you told her that you just had a feeling about her needing to get a mammogram and she's like, oh, I mean, I just told her to get everything checked out because, you know, she hadn't had health insurance in a long time. So I just oh told God. her to get everything checked out. And I was like, my like little balloon like was like, and totally deflated. And I was like, oh, and then but then I was like, but I just summoned you. So like, you're still you are true magic. It was like you were summoned to come here and be like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. That didn't happen. You know, so you are a witch. Um, but anyway, I just thought it was hilarious, but that's my weird little like Pollyann story. Now that I know she's not going to listen to my podcast because I told her not to, I can talk about her. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I feel like, um, that's a pretty common psychic trick is like, you just play the odds. Like (laughs) breast cancer is so common. (laughs) You could just be like, Hmm, nobody's going to be like, I think that you've got, You know, some kind of random rare cancer. Yeah, totally. If she just goes around telling all of her friends. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I still thought it was funny. I was like, I've been thinking about this woman for a long time. I haven't seen Pollyanna in six years. And then I bring her up and then she's there. And my whole life is Well, Godspeed Pollyanna. She's living her life in a city that rhymes with her own name, which... Is just a picture book waiting to happen. Pollyanna in Spokane? It's a song. Let's write that song. Let's do it. All about the woman who doesn't worry about her cancer recurring. <laughs> yeah, she's like, just be like Pollyanna in Spokane and get over it. I feel like Chris Ballou could, could help us with this. This sounds like a Presidents of the United States of America or Casper Baby Pants song oh absolutely yes for sure i love it okay so do you want to hear some of these letters real quick i sure do okay um these are total quickies because these are actually just a few late bitch fest submissions i believe oh yeah late comers that's all right we'll still take them yeah okay tip when messaging friends with cancer during the holidays please don't write this Hi, Patty Cakes. I'm so happy to hear from you and that you are still alive. (laughs) I am literally speechless. Then she told me her husband died three years ago from his lung cancer disease. It was really a big gut punch. Apparently, I'm the only one alive from our cancer survivors retreat. I'm never going to go to one of those again. I was like, um, have a nice holiday. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's that's truly terrible. In what other scenario would you be like, hi, I'm so glad you're still alive. 
Right? It's like, let's just assume we're all glad that we're all alive. Right? You know? Yeah. But what's interesting is somebody else had just said to us, let me see. We gotta find this other one because it was so similar. For every holiday or meaningful moment that comes along, my best friend from childhood always references my allegedly impending death. Example, happy Thanksgiving. I'm so glad you're still with us. Spoiler alert. I had stage 1A breast cancer. (laughs) I have literally told her directly that she has to stop with the dying bit. I told her that I don't want to or need to be reminded of cancer every time she texts me. Let's be honest. I've got enough of that built in. But she won't hear it. WTF. Those were like within a few days of each other, which I thought was just so interesting. That is wild. Right? You guys. Oh, my God. Get real (laughs) with this. So glad you're still with us. I'm gonna start telling random people that, <laughs> like checking out of the at the pharmacy, yeah. at, like buying some aspirin. I'm so glad you're not dead. <laughs> Cheryl, is it Cheryl? The name tag says. So, so glad. Uh, so weird. It is kind of strange to. I mean, clearly we all know what cancer is and why it's so awful and all of that. But I remember posting something on Facebook some update and you know there's like a ton of supportive comments and then a friend of mine from high school who i love um he wrote amy don't die you were always one of my favorite people in high school (laughs) and it really fucking pissed me off i was like all in the middle of just chemo and trauma and freaking out and i'm trying to post something to like keep it together to let everyone know what's going on that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm currently dying or anything. It's more like two more chemos left. Like, yeah. And so I kind of did a thing where, you know, as I like to say, you never want to be the person with cancer that makes someone feel bad for being, you know, like, Oh no, and now someone with, I hurt someone with cancer's feelings, (laughs) but I was like, actually like, fuck this shit. You did hurt my feelings. And so I did respond and I said, Can you not say to people with cancer, don't die or just anything about dying in general? Right. Because like we already fucking know and it's already traumatizing enough. And like, like, oh, Jared doesn't want me to die. (laughs) Oh, and I was also like, I didn't say this, but I was like, oh, you don't want me to die because I was one of your favorite people in high school. Like, oh, in that case, like, yeah, like, I guess I'll rally. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We've got this heavy crown to wear. But yeah, just don't fucking say that shit. Just be like, God damn it, Stacey. Always having to get in on our episodes. Two in a row. She was just sleeping right below me like a little. Oh, cutie. Angel. Stacey, I'm so glad you're not dead. <laughs> Actually. Huh. I mean, she does bite my daughter, but. Oh, um, Stacey. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Steph. Let me get her out of here. Okay. Or should, should she just be the honorable person that person? She's a cat, but the honorable <laughs> ad starter like last episode where we, Ooh, pause, like we pause for an ad anytime my cat interrupts the episode. I like it. I let's, like it. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Take it away, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Hey, Steph, remember when I got um, diagnosed with cancer that one time? Oh, God, I do. <laughs> Um, you know, I wouldn't take just any 
genetic test off the street, right? No, you're highly discerning about your genetic <laughs> tests. That's a true fact about you. We've been doing ads for this company called Mary Genetics My Risk, and you're actually listening to an ad for them right now, whether or not you know it. But I truly did take a myriad test when I was being diagnosed, and it actually helped me decide if I was going to do chemo or not, because I was sort of in a little bit of a gray area, and that was really beneficial for me. So thank you, Myriad, for that and for supporting our podcast over the last handful of weeks. Yeah, Myriad My Risk, it can help empower any old person with cancer to make better decisions about their health care. Yeah, and it can also help your family members find out if they um, are more at risk for eight types of hereditary cancer. That's right. You can learn more at myriad.com slash survivor. Yeah. Thanks, Myriad. Thanks. Thanks for making me do chemo. Just kidding. <laughs> but but seriously, I am glad I did chemo. <laughs> so I recently got into like a Facebook fist fight with some people yes. in a cancer support group. And <laughs> I am curious about I actually posted this on our Twitter as a question. Um if you want to follow us, we're at Cancer Breakfast over on the Twitter. But I am pretty vehemently opposed mm -hmm. to non-cancer people taking up a lot of space in cancer support groups. Like, mm. that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have a separate caregiver support group for our people. On Facebook. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, And like, I get it. Caregivers need support, too. And so I'm not super... I'm not a super hard ass about it with caregivers, mm -hmm. but this woman rolled up to one of the Facebook support groups that I'm in because mm -hmm. she was worried she had cancer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And it was a total like, hold my hand. I hope I don't end up like you guys moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And this woman had a biopsy. Spoiler alert, turned out she did not have cancer. Right. But she was like, my mom died of cancer in 2007, so I know how you all feel. Uh-huh. And I was the only one that was like, <gasps> get the fuck out of here. What did you say? I need exact words. I I don't remember, and I left the group because I couldn't deal with it, but I was like, bullet points come on i said do you have a diagnosis and she was like no but then she gave me the rundown her mom died in 2007 mm -hmm. which um fyi is 14 years ago mm -hmm. and um then i was like okay so um maybe i'm the only one but i think it's a little bit weird for you to ask for support of people actually going through cancer yes in the hopes that you don't wind up like us <laughs> right and then she like lost it. She was like, how dare you? Oh, I guess. She, seriously, she was like, I guess being a cancer victim is some kind of rite of passage for you. <gasps> and I was like, no. hell yes, it's a rite of passage to be in a cancer support group. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then a bunch of other people who, incidentally, none of whom had cancer, they were all caregivers or one of them was a 
former oncology RN, they were all like, you're a bully. Like, bullies with cancer still bullies and like we're here to support you and i was just like i don't know what is wrong with all of you people i cannot be the only person with cancer who thinks that being afraid you have cancer is not the appropriate time to ask for support from cancer patients seriously there have been two very similar situations that people have talked to us about one of which was somebody's kind of toxic friend who was so convinced she had breast cancer and had to get a mammogram or got got a mammogram callback, but was using this person as her support the entire time while this person is dealing with like stage three colon cancer, I think is what she has. Yeah. And she's like, excuse me, you know, and then another friend of the podcast who is currently going through chemo for breast cancer, new in her diagnosis, like right in the middle of the shit was having somebody who she doesn't even talk to, like a friend of a friend or like a acquaintance on social media who reached out and said she was worried about something, which for me at this point, I have no problem when my friends or friends of friends reach out to me because I'm like, obviously like, okay to talk about it you know yeah yeah but if you're like a little freshy showing up and you're decked out in all of your absolute panic and trauma and everything you can't be someone's like i'm scared support person. you're like uh yeah also if it's a complete rando a like, rando yes i personally i don't mind if my friends because i yes. had a lot of people actually message me and say because of you I right. went and got my first mammogram which actually means a lot to me and I know I mean I think you and I are different because we're so clearly like we're putting ourselves in a position where we're like right 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 that's totally the case though and I don't mind at all when people are like mm-hmm. I'm doing it now or like I had a callback mammogram Listen, yeah this is so scary I'm like pissed if they don't tell me until afterwards I'm right like, I want <laughs> why didn't you text me <laughs> Yeah, but whatever. That's fine with me. But for somebody who does not have cancer to seek out a cancer support group and number one, use the fact that they have a a parent who died of cancer like over a decade ago, like that doesn't qualify you for shit. Like, yeah, go find a support group for people whose parents died of cancer. Like, Or go get a genetic test. Right. If you're worried about, you know, don't just like ask Uncle Facebook if you have cancer. Exactly. You have the entire rest of the world at your disposal. Mm -hmm. Find a friend. Don't lean on this group of people who have found each other for support and whatever. Like, I do not believe like I can be very pointed in my opinions, which Mm -hmm. should come as no surprise to anyone. But I think I was being a bitch. Like, (laughs) I was seriously like, I best wishes to you, but this is not the proper arena for you to be seeking support and then of course all of these caregivers who's like Mm -hmm. spouses have died which fucking sucks like i get it that's a shame but also find a caregiver support group and yeah it's just also you're not allowed to be a bitch to someone with cancer until you have cancer exactly and then you could be a bitch to each exactly. other. That, that's something we earn. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I was really mad and I asked on Twitter and it seemed like mostly people came down on the side of it's not really appropriate to ask if people are in active treatment. You know, mm-hmm. if you're out of active treatment, then sure, maybe ask for support. But I think this is a good time to 
to say our um what did we decide it was hold on it's the freaking don't siphon my <laughs> oh my god yes i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna say it. look okay check this out this is the perfect time to use what did we refer to it as our our, our not our family <laughs> yeah right our it's like for a coat of arms is it <laughs> Uh, don't siphon my trauma to fill up your do-gooder karma tank, please. But I guess don't siphon my trauma to, I mean, it can, what, what could be the next? To serve yourself in any way, you know, it's just, yeah. Don't siphon my trauma to not get a cancer diagnosis. Right? Like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm curious to know what our listeners think about that. If they think it's okay, my guess is that they will agree with me because clearly I'm right. Yeah. But no, just kidding. Yeah. You know, I was really mad about it and I left this group, which sucks because I felt like I got driven out of a place where I had. Oh, see, that's the problem. Yeah. Right there. You got driven out. Right. So just don't fucking take up space where you're the privileged one. Don't further marginalize people. Yeah. I'm so sorry about all these cat noises, you guys. I don't even know what to do. It's totally okay. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more, Steph, and I'm sorry. sorry. It's okay. It's okay. But, you know, I hope that the non-cancer people who are listening to the podcast will will consider that. And also, I, I really think that that kind of is a concept that can be applied <laughs> to a lot of situations. Just don't further marginalize people. Like when you're the privileged one mm-hmm. in a situation, right? take that into consideration and yeah, maybe don't talk over people who have it worse than you. Yes. It's hard when somebody is like, uh, that's not appropriate. It's hard to not get defensive, but con- consider not getting defensive. Right. No one likes getting called out, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Fuck. So can I say one quick thing before we scurry off into rats territory? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to very quickly, if I may, Mm -hmm. just do a real quick plug for Claws Out because it's nearing the end of the year. It's it's prime gift giving time Mm -hmm. for for real. But... Also, Valentine's Day is coming up. And little known fact about me is that I love Valentine's Day. It's one of my favorite holidays. Ooh, I didn't know that. It's true. Um, Every year, instead of like a family like Hanukkah card, I always plan on doing either a New Year's card or a Valentine's Day family card. Oh, that is so cute. I even usually go so far as to have them printed. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I mean, that's what I was picturing. I don't mail them out. But... Nevertheless, I think you better mail me I, one. I will do my best this year. But uh, Claws Out has like so many cool colors, and I'm definitely going to be ordering some for people for Valentine's Day, which is another yeah holiday. Um, and like it's just really cool and generous of Claws Out to have us be the beneficiaries of one of their colors. Mm-hmm. It really enables us to keep the podcast going. Look at my nails. Look at my nails. Got I'm there. <laughs> painted right now with some claws. Oh. It's just so cool. And every bottle benefits a different really rad cause. So um, check them out. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much, Claws Out. Thank you, Eden Dawn. She's a queen amongst queens. 
Um, what what's going on in the in the rats? The ratsies. Oh, would you like to know? I would. a while back and said that she knows somebody who claims to have been cured entirely using a particular supplement. Bring it to me. That sounds trustworthy. (laughs) Right? Well, in every total lie, usually there's a kernel of truth, right? Yes. Um, Well, I do not believe for one single fraction of a second that anybody has been cured entirely using any supplement. I did want to look further into this one called Fucoidan. It's F-U-C-O-I-D-A-N. And it is a complex polysaccharide found in brown seaweed. Fuck you, Dan. That's how I'll remember it. <laughs> yeah, there you Fucking go. Fucking Dan. <laughs> Telling me I was um, one of his favorite people in high school. <laughs> okay, go on. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> there are a bunch of different brand names. Of course, it's all pretty expensive. Um supplements typically are. And it was very interesting for me researching this stuff because as is the case with lots of things that are naturally occurring, there's not a ton of drive to research them. So people Mm. have to get creative. And that to me is the coolest kind of rabbit hole to go down when I'm researching rats rather than just like the straight up drug trials and stuff. Can you hear my cat purring? I hate to just keep talking about her. Oh She's God. normally not in here, but Stacey. it's like, it's pretty psycho. It's like, I can't even, here, I'm going to put the mic down. What a little bun bun. Okay, sorry if that's annoying to anyone, but I can't, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Okay. So complex polysaccharide found in brown seaweed, right? It's naturally occurring. Um, Not a whole ton of possibilities for anybody to like patent this or right. whatever. So research is limited. So crazy. I wanted to get a little bit into what is a polysaccharide because, like, I don't remember any of this shit from like oh I don't have no idea high school biology or whatever. Um, in fact, I think I took biology in eighth grade, so it's been quite a few years. A polysaccharide it's just a carbohydrate, which is a number of sugar molecules bonded together, starch, glycogen, and cellulose, for example. Uh, cellulose is the most common biochemical compound in living things. It is indigestible by humans, but makes up most of the fiber in our diets. Mm. And just to be clear, I got all of this info on carbohydrates and polysaccharides from a book entitled, rivetingly, Carbohydrates. <laughs> Were you just like at the library? Like, <laughs> where's the carbo section? <laughs> Uh, Carbohydrates, that's short for. I I appreciate that now a lot of college textbooks are available on the internet for free. I think that's a a great use of the internet. (laughs) I'm just, you got your monocle out. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So carbohydrates by Joachim and Gruel. Thanks, team. So anyway, uh, cellulose, it's indigestible, makes up most of the fiber in our diet. Glycogen is made by animals and fungi to store energy. It's indigestible, but it makes up most of the fiber in our diet, but we're not digesting it. 
That's right, Amy. It just goes right through us, That's which right. is why fiber helps you digest things. Absolutely. I'll get to that in just a moment. I'm just trying to stay with you here. I like that. That's active listening. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Glycogen, it's made, like I said, made by animals and fungi. And it stores energy, has a lot to do with like regulating your blood glucose levels. Mm -hmm. So back to fiber. You're right. There's soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. The deal is fiber itself is indigestible. So like you said, it passes through your body, mostly unchanged before you poop it out. And soluble fiber dissolves in water and it forms this like gel-ish substance and it lowers the cholesterol in your body by binding to floating cholesterol in the digestive tract. Hmm. And then you poop it out. So it's kind of like a like slime that just like slides on down and collects all the like lint and shit. Mm -hmm. And then it just moves its way out. So that's cool. And that explains why fiber helps to lower your cholesterol. Um, the deal with it lowering your glucose levels is that it just slows the absorption of the food in your body. So hmm. as it moves through, things don't have the opportunity to be absorbed. So the soluble fiber examples are like oats, peas, apples, beans, insoluble fiber, um, bulks up feces because it can't turn into that gel-like substance. And it just keeps things moving. So we're talking like wheat, bran, potatoes, beans. And most fiber-rich foods have both insoluble and soluble fiber. So that's why beans is on both lists. Mm -hmm. So The musical fruit. <laughs> that's right. So back to Fucoidan, Memorial Sloan Kettering's website says it has been shown to slow blood clotting, which can be great for some people with clotting problems. In that they have too many clots or they get clots. But obviously a negative for lots of cancer patients like myself. Laboratory studies suggest that it can prevent the growth of cancer cells and that Fucoidan has uh, natural antiviral, neuroprotective and immune modulating effects. Studies in humans have not yet been conducted really to determine whether these anti-cancer effects may be reliable enough to occur mm -hmm. um, and be replicated. Mm -hmm. Purportedly, it's anti-inflammatory and immune boosting mm. and, you know, lowers your blood pressure, prevents clotting and all of this. But like I said, definitely it's to be avoided if you have low platelets or other blood clotting issues. Mm -hmm. So there have been a bunch of studies, particularly um, Japanese studies on this. Mm -hmm. Dating back to the early 2000s and even a little some a little bit earlier in the 90s. And this was the most interesting part to me about all this because Fucoidan has such a wide range of potential benefits. So this study by Hiroko Mariyama in 2003 found that Fucoidan inhibited tumor growth in mice. Mm-hmm. But the function wasn't really understood. So they didn't figure out why this happened, just that it happened. Mm -hmm. A 2011 study by Masahide Ikiguchi showed that Fucoidan reduced toxicities from Fulfox and Fulfiri for colorectal cancer. 
Interesting. So basically that meant that it increased the length that a patient could tolerate it. And obviously this is like a guess and I'm just some random schmo. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it makes sense to me that if it's fiber that kind of grabs the junk Mm -hmm. and moves it out of your body, maybe that's how this is effective at removing toxicity from chemo. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. A 2018 study found that um, fucoidan did not change the effects of letrozole or tamoxifen, which is cool because that is one of the pieces that lays the groundwork for further study in breast cancer patients. And stuff like this just reminds me how much has to go into research. Yeah. Like you have to first fund a study that shows it doesn't negatively affect the drugs that are already in use. And then, you know, you go to the next level and the next level. A 2017 study showed that, again, for colorectal cancer patients, fucoidian, quote, effectively inhibits tumor progression and fucoidian minimizes the side effects of chemotherapy and alters tumor microenvironment. So I'm going to put all of those studies in the show notes, but you might notice that these are pretty far out. Uh, from each other. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was cool was that you saw in the late 2000s and like from 2015 and stuff, there was a lot happening with the study of Fucoidian and glucose Mm -hmm. and how it could help people needing anti-inflammatory benefits. And so you can kind of follow the trends in medicine by seeing how this is being applied and how it's being studied. All of those glucose, like inflammation, fiber, these are all things I hear as as affecting cancer cells. Totally. And affecting a lot of different diseases and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's been researched for a lot of different ailments. And so that that was just kind of cool to see the overview. Like I said, I'm going to put all of these studies in the show notes so you guys can read about it yourself. Mm-hmm. But after all of this, they still don't understand exactly how Fucoidan works, just that it seems to. So, well, uh, I know what I want for Christmas now. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. It's not going to hurt. I mean, hopefully, but totally, totally. And um, the results seem promising. Like, like it said, as long as you don't have, you know, a, a trouble with your blood clotting. Right. I always love to see, obviously, breast cancer is my niche interest, but um, yeah. Do you have, you have blood clotting? I do. Cause I, have, I have low platelets. God damn it. Yeah. Well... Um, obviously ask your doctor before you take anything, but you know who I'm going to also ask who's great? The cancer pod ladies. Right, right. Yeah. Because they will, maybe they'll talk about it on their podcast. We'll do a little tip for tat. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear what they say about it. Definitely. Yeah. If, if people have an integrative medicine uh, clinic at their cancer center or whatever, take it up with them. Um. But yeah, it seems promising. And it was so cool to see that, uh, you know, Danielle wrote in saying that somebody claimed to be totally cured, but it really does seem to be effective, not to that extent, but to some extent. But I do want to know more about Danielle's friend or 
whoever is claiming this. I want to know like what treatment they received. Right, right, right. Before they started taking the fuck you, Dan. And <laughs> I want to know. So she had surgery, chemo, and then took some fuck you, Dan. The fuck you, Dan cured her. Yeah, so. it's a real Chris beats cancer. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And fuck you, Chris. Um. <laughs> Oh, sheesh. Um, hey, before we get out of here, before we skedaddle, I do want to mention we have a Patreon. We have a Buy Me a Coffee. It is the giving season. That's right. Uh, we do appreciate all of our supporters. And you know what? We have a shop. We have a fucking shop, you guys. You could... You could get a Cancer for Breakfast coffee mug. You could. Or a t-shirt. They're real cute. Everything isn't Cancer for Breakfast branded, but there's some cute, funny cancer apparel and sundry. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to buy you something, stuff from our shop <laughs> and send it to you. <laughs> I'm serious. I'd rather you didn't. What do you want? You want a mug? <laughs> do you want a mug? Oh, I, that might be cute, actually. We should get mugs. Do you want a Valentine's Day mug? Don't those, uh, the Saturday Night Live ladies, the NPR jokey ladies, don't they have their own mugs? Oh my gosh. We need to both be drinking out of our mugs when we record, we even though this isn't on video. And wearing sweater vests. Yes. Just for our own enjoyment. I'm down. We can do things just for ourselves. We can. Um, all right. Getting out of here. Oh, I have a bright idea also. Perhaps this shouldn't get buried at the end of an episode, but maybe we could put it in the show notes and I I am going to talk about it on Instagram. Can I just mention this? If if we have time, let me see where we are. Yeah. yeah. Where we are here. Um, you know how connecting with people in your community when you're going through this is just amazing mm-hmm. and hard to do sometimes. Why are people on social media not using a hashtag that allows them to find people in their cities. Like I could do hashtag cancer Portland. You could do hashtag cancer Mount Vernon. (laughs) I'm serious though. Me and the two other people could get together. (laughs) But maybe there are five if you use this hashtag, but then at least you don't have to follow them. You don't have to write them. You can just at least, because people do like 20 hashtags when they're like, I'm doing my last chemo. And then it's like, cancer sucks. Last chemo. But you know, like they, they're already doing these hashtags to connect with other cancer people. That's the fucking point. It's true. It's a wonderful idea. And I was I was not poo-pooing you. I was making a comment on the size of my own town. Listen, if you think I get offended easily, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I don't. I love this idea. I love it. And um, I endorse it. So just say cancer, the name of your town. And then if you click on it, and you see other people in your town that look cool. Maybe they're a similar age. Maybe they're a similar cancer. Maybe they're distracted. But I was just thinking, if you followed them and sent them a message, said, I'm in Seattle too, or wherever. And then, like, maybe they post about how great their surgery went. And you could be like, who's your surgeon? Or, you know, right? it's just like a way of having, it opens up communication. And that's like... These are the 90s, you know, we've we've got this stuff at our fingertips. Why aren't we using it effectively? It's true. So cancer and then your city name. 
It's true. Hashtags originally were meant to serve a purpose to aggregate, <laughs> aggregate things, not just be cute and quippy. Yeah. Although I do love the cute and quippy hashtags. <sighs> Me too. Good call, Amy. Except for everyone in Portland's like finding a new best friend and they realize you're Portland, Oregon. I'm Portland, Maine. Ah! Oh, so I guess everything, everything does have a problem maybe city and state i mean jesus how how much typing can we do in one day stuff (laughs) but yeah maybe you're right cancer portland oregon boom there's my hashtag all right thanks for listening friends somebody somebody (laughs) turn my mic off your cut get this cat off my lap (laughs) oh my gosh she's like falling out of my lap for real okay bye goodbye Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. so much for listening thanks for listening